From coast to coast and around the world, this is Kaleidoscope, America's most exciting radio magazine. Stay tuned for more. and figures city watch that city watch on the air we have a program for you today for all of you people who are budding authors uh, we have the number one new york times best-selling author jane ann krentz she's going to be with us right after these messages to tell us about the business of being an author the business of books in the 21st century and we'll be back with her and we'll be back to you right after this another great place to use visa they say that on the Champs-Élysées in Paris the brioche are so delicate and the pain au chocolat so delicious you'd almost think you were at Pike Place Market in Seattle where you'll find Le Panier one of the finest French bakeries around but if you want a taste of Le Panier's world-class casse croute bring a discerning palate and your visa card because at Le Panier, they take baking to an art, but they don't take American Express. Visa, it's everywhere you want to be. Double your pleasure, double your fun. That's the statement of the great mint. Double mint gum. Double your sentiment, your merriment. Double your moment of fun. Double your delight mint with the right mint. Hello and welcome. We are back with Jane Ann Krentz or Amanda Quick or Jane Castle. Uh, it could be either one of those people, but she's all here with us right now. <laughs> and we thank you so much for being with us on City Watch on the Air. Well, thank you for having me, all three of me. I really <laughs> appreciate it. Good to talk to you. We are going to talk, and we spoke you know, just before going to air, about the various aspects of uh, book writing, book publishing, getting your book out there, things like that. But let's talk about, first of all, uh, When All the Girls Have Gone, which is your latest release, which will be out uh, this month, I guess, December is when it uh, comes out, yes? Yes, just um, early, uh, early December, the last week of November, actually, right after Thanksgiving. Ah, okay. Tell me about this because I've had a chance to read parts of it and I confess I haven't gone through it all the way and I'm not going to give out any spoilers for people that have not read it yet, but I'm going to say that this book, compared to other books I've read of yours, is a little darker, uh, is a little more pragmatic, I think if, if I can use that word, uh, with regard to the characters involved because from the very beginning it reads more like a folded book or something where the characters are dark 
they know they're dark, they enjoy being dark, and they don't worry about it. Do you, <laughs> do you, do you, do you, do you know what I mean? It's yeah, worth, I, worth, I do, I do. And I have to tell you that I think this is where I, my writing has been going for a while now. You know, every author has a core story, but that core story evolves and changes over time. Not, not in deep down ways, but in other kinds of ways, in pacing, in terms of um, elements that rise to the surface and become um, themes that become more important to the author as time goes by. And so every author, I think, spends a lifetime on a journey of exploring their own core story. And right now, my core story is much more heavily suspense-oriented than it was, say, when I first started out. Um, and I find those things very compelling. It gives, a, gives it a grit, gives it an energy, gives it a feel of uh, these, the events in this book are going to matter to people. People will live or die based on these events. So there's a weight to it that, that you can only really pull in, I think, when there's heavy drama and, and strong suspense. The thing that I enjoy... said that, oh, I... Sorry. Well, Okay. Having said that, I want to emphasize that um, that my core story is romantic suspense, and that is, I am convinced, its own genre. It's not straight romance. It's not straight suspense. It's a blend of the two, and the proof to me is that in a good novel of romantic suspense, you could not lift out the romance or lift out the suspense and still have a story left. Mm-hmm. They need each, each element needed to make the story function. Do you, um, do you so feel yes, that... I love romantic suspense. It's my core story, and this is where it is at the moment. <laughs> okay. Do you feel that it's a matter of uh, working within the characters? Because the reason I ask this is because, as I said from the beginning, even the quote-unquote good guys uh, have so many shades of gray that it's it's kind of thick. <laughs> and and, <laughs> oh. and and it's it's difficult in that even though you find yourself, you're, you're rooting for the, the good guys to win, but if they don't win, I'm not sure you'd be going, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully by the end of the book you like them so well that you would say, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the goal isn't to make them so dark that they become bad guys, because my core characters, my heroic characters, if you will, the hero and the heroine, always share some fundamental underlying values. They both have a sense of honor. They both have a sense of commitment, determination. Um, They're both strong in the sense that they're going to keep going in the face of whatever hits them. And I think that that sense of honor, that sense of integrity is fundamental to the hero. Without that, you don't have a hero. I don't care what the story is or how dark you make them or how light you make them. You don't really have a hero. Uh, we get our knowledge or our sense of, um, how can I put let's face it, we all know what a hero is supposed to do when the chips are down. He's supposed to protect the weaker. He's supposed to keep going and do the right thing when things turn back. And that's, that's just fundamental to our understanding of what constitutes hero in our culture. And the nice thing about this is that it's not, and I I don't want to go too far into the, because anything I say, I'm afraid of giving away things, but yeah. they, they, neither neither hero or heroine in this are, are wonderfully nice 
people. Do you know what I mean? They they are they are they're they're dedicated to what they want to do, and as you say, they want to do the right thing. But if doing the right thing means you know going through the door, they go through the door. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's kind of fundamental to our culture's understanding of a hero too. And is that, Matt, is, is the understanding, and I know that you give symposiums on this and such from time to time, is the idea of hero changing in the country, do you think? Do, that, do, do people not necessarily have to adhere to, say, 20th century ideas of a hero to still get that feeling across? I think in popular fiction, the hero was probably defined way back when with the mythic version of the American West. Ah. I think that's what a lot of modern popular fiction, the heroes of a lot of modern pop, popular fiction descend from that. Um, that's not just my idea. I got that from a conversation I heard with uh, the late Robert B. Parker when he was talking about where he came up with Spencer. Uh-huh. And he pointed out the roots in the mythic American West. And he went farther back, said they were even actually related to uh, the chivalric tales. But it really got crystallized for us in the 20th century with the invention of the private eye story, the classic private investigator story. It's always dark, it's always noir, um, and in the end, the only one who can really do the right thing, and sometimes he has to step outside the lines to do it, is the hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of, that character uh, informs our modern notion of what constitutes a hero. Mm-hmm. Well, as you mentioned earlier, this is for you a, a something that's evolving, I guess, uh, with regard to, as you said, your characters and such, because uh, the only traces I've seen to this before, uh, and again, I'm a big, big fan, I should say this right off, of the, you know, uh, the Fallon Jones, the Ladies of Lantern Street, the the, the Dream Eyes, that sort of thing. Paranormal, right. Right, paranormal work. And the closest that I've come to that is some of the things you did in things like Burning Lamp, uh, some of the things that you did uh, really early on uh, in places like Zinnia and in Orchid, things oh, like well, that. You really have that I have, I have. And, <laughs> and of my work. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess what I what I'm what I mean to say here is that it, you started out, I think, uh, more gray, and for a while you sort of stayed in that gray area, and then came to the light and went back to the gray. Now, now you're staying in the gray, and occasionally there are peaks of light coming out <laughs> of it, uh, which, 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 as you said, is a transitional period. It's it's something that's happening to you, and I understand that. Uh, was this something that you were conscious of? Did you just say, "Oh, I just can't write another book like this for a while. I'm going to have to write this kind of book"? No, I think I was looking for a story idea that really captivated my attention, and and I go where that story idea takes me. And in this particular case, the question was, you know, what happens if your stepsister, the sister of your heart, just suddenly disappears off the face of the earth? You know, what do you do? Where do you start looking for her? Um, Who do you get to help you? But the point is, you go looking, because that's what a good sister would do. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at a couple of things here, and again, I'm getting short on time, so I want to mention just... Uh, right now, again, that uh, the book 
when all the girls have gone, uh, is out as you're listening to this uh, on your radio or on the internet or wherever you happen to be listening to it. It is out and it's available, and it's a, it it is a very good book. I I I mentioned some of the things I mentioned earlier because if you're coming in thinking of <coughs> excuse me a different type of of hero and heroine. Uh, Listen to what I'm saying to you. <laughs> they are still they are still the good guys, okay? Uh, and you're going to have to look at look at it in terms of the 21st century, and, and go with that. I think that's a good way to put it. I appreciate that. Yeah, and just so that so that we know for you, uh, a couple of things are coming up. I think for you uh, later on uh, is that next year. Uh, is anything that you want to kind of mention to people right now before oh. we sign yeah. off? Sure, I wrote. When All the Girls Have Gone Under My Jane Ann Krentz Name, because that's the name I reserve for contemporary settings, which mm -hmm. is what that story is. Mm -hmm. um, but Under My Man, the quick name, I do historical settings. It's still romantic suspense, it's still me, but I use the Amanda quick name to signal that the fictional background is different. A lot of readers care a lot about fictional background. Mm -hmm. However, I am in the May book, which is called The Girl Who Knew Too Much, I will be moving Amanda Quick out of England and to 1930s Hollywood, California. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> it's a real change for me, but it was very exciting, a lot of fun to watch, to read. Oh, okay. that 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 has me that has me moving a little bit in my head myself. That's, a, <laughs> that's okay. I had, I had a I had a blast writing it. I have to say, it was just, it's a whole new world for me. It's always fun to discover a new world. Okay, because that that has me going too. Because I was going to ask a couple of things. I'll probably ask in part two of this uh, with regard to Amanda Quick, uh, because that's going to be a few things in and of themselves, and I don't have time for that. So, <laughs> so, so what I'm going to do simply right now is say. Thank you very, very much, Jane Ann Krentz, for being with us on City Watch on the air. And for those of you who are listening and waiting with bated breath for part two, you're going to have to wait till next week. She'll be back with us then. In the meantime, believe in yourself. If you don't, no one else will. And Jane Ann Krentz, thank you so much. We'll see you on part two. My pleasure. Thank you.